I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to Align Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to have somebody that I value greatly in the world of fitness, movement, and life in general, Mr. Jay Ferrugia. Uh, Jay has been in the fitness industry since 1994. You can see his work in muscle and fitness, men's health, Huffington Post, Live Strong, Entrepreneur Magazine, Shape, all over the place. Um, he's worked with everybody. He's been doing it forever and a uh, highly respected fella in this world. So I really greatly appreciate his time. Um, in this conversation, we get into uh, the power of the 80-20 principle, essentialism, um, relationship building, the value of relationships in your, in your business, in your life and um, in your health. So really fun conversation. Hope you guys enjoy. Here's a little clip. Yes, you have to know a ton about training and nutrition and all that. But I think you're once you have that covered, the main thing you need to do is figure out how to build and maintain successful relationships. If you feel called to tune into the website, aligntherapy.com is where it's at. Um, on there, you can start the five-day movement challenge. You can also pick up the show notes for this episode and all the previous 138 or whatever we've done. Um, I really appreciate you guys checking that out. Got a little uh, portion out of the book, The Book by Alan Watts on the taboo against knowing who you are. And really interesting part here, it breaks down the word physical and uh, so physical from the Greek physis which means nature and the original Indo-European view to become view is spelled B-H-E-U and uh, I just find that fascinating the combination of um, becoming nature essentially is your own physicality getting in tune with your own physical self is uh, to get in tune with nature pretty cool um, thank you so much to Ample Meal for supporting this podcast Ample Meal Meal is uh, a meal replacement supplement, you could call it. Um, they don't recommend you replacing meals, of course, but when you're on the go, it can be very helpful. It's got fats from uh, macadamia nuts, coconut. Uh, it's got green supplements from spirulina, chlorella, various things of that nature. Uh, probiotics, collagen proteins, really good stuff. Really full, complex meal replacement and uh, tastes delicious. Comes in a bottle. Throw some milk in there. You're good to go. Get yourself 15% off at amplemeal.com utilizing the Align code. Thank you so much for checking that thing out. That is about the business. I wanted to thank uh, Mr. Ants Serafice, Serafice, I don't know how to say that exactly, but he gave us a five-star review saying ridiculously real. I won't read the whole thing, but it goes something along the lines of, believe it or not, I found this show by Pure Fluke. Two years later, I'm pretty sure I've listened to just about every episode. Aaron's iconic personality really brings his show to life. Uh, and then he goes on. Thank you so much man i really appreciate that and uh get a hold of us on the social media at align podcast on anywhere and uh we will get you out a box of four sigmatic mushrooms thank you mr ants however the hell you say that last word seraphis seraphis final thing i wanted to thank whoever the heck bought a almost 600 mattress using the amazon portal on the top corner of the uh, podcast page on aligntherapy.com anytime you guys are buying some crap on amazon por favor use that affiliate link and then we get about seven percent of that purchase so brentwood home cypress mattress bamboo drive rayon blah 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 we got like 50 bucks off that so that was a really fabulous donation to the pod and cost you nothing thank you so much for doing that really appreciate it and uh here we go back to the show with mr jay frugia align podcast yeah i'm getting better day by day month by month with uh when when something doesn't work out accepting that as being like oh great you know it's like this there was some reason you know it's happened consistently enough that something doesn't work out and something way better happens because of it yeah you know is that something that have you seen that trend is there times where that's you know that wasn't true <laughs> yeah. Been a thing. yeah yeah no for sure I, I i agree as i get older i don't freak out or stress out about stuff as much when it doesn't work out you yeah. kind of just know you know like it helps to have the kind of experience and the track record luckily knock on wood 
for me, when bad things happen, things don't work out, usually there's been something better that comes around, you know, a few months later. Yeah. You talk a lot about, um, upon stalking you and other podcasts and such, you talk a lot about like the the Pareto's 80-20 principle and Mm -hmm. all that. Is that something that you have utilized in your own movement practice and, and... you maybe tell like what the 80 20 thing is and in relation to like the time spent in the gym, the time spent moving throughout the day, like intentionally making your building your body. Is that something you've thought about with that cutting out the superfluous? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to apply that across the board to my whole life. Right. So, uh, I, I think everybody makes the mistake when they, when they first start out doing anything, it, it's like, that Bruce Lee quote about when he when it, uh, the beginner, I, I'm not getting it 100% correct, but something about when, uh, when you first learn the art, a punch is just a punch. And then when you get to know a decent amount, you think a punch is way more than a punch. And then once you become a master, you realize a punch is just a punch. So at the beginning, like you try to overcomplicate everything and try to do everything no matter what it is. Like if you're trying to build a business or you're trying to get, get in shape in the gym or whatever. And then eventually you come it's so many people that i've known for 10 to 15 years in this industry it's 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 funny to see them all of us take the same path where we come back like a lot of people just come full circle and like oh it's pretty much what i was doing 10 20 years ago i come back to you with a few tweaks like you simplify things you know yeah. go back to i i think everything in life i always talk about two books essentialism and the one thing mm-hmm. And I think everyone should read those books because anytime you can really just simplify and get down to what's essential, no matter what it is you're trying to do, build a relationship, build a business, you know, get in better shape, uh, you're going to have better results. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Papasan has been on here. I'm actually going to visit, oh, visit yes. him in Austin in uh, whatever, during Paleo FX in a awesome. couple of few weeks. Yeah. There's a, you reminded me of this, this quote from uh, Morahe Yushiba. He's the father of Aikido. And he's talking about uh, teaching teaching classes with with students, and they're doing this same kata or kick or you know whatever whatever the, the term is over and over and over and over again, and the students are like, "Morhe, like what the fuck, man? We're like, when are we gonna we we get it, you yeah. know?" And he scalds him. He turns back. He says, "You idiot." You know, once you realize that every single kick is a brand new kick, then you'll finally be practicing Aikido. Right. You know, and I think that it's, it's really easy to do that with, uh, you know, our time invested in our business or our relationship or our movement, whatever it is. It's like, yeah, I squat and stuff. I'm good. Yeah. You know, but cultivating like when you came in today, like you have you have a legitimately good squat. You know, and it's, it's like, it's like, how's your squat, man? You're like, oh, it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is that something that you're aware of in your, your movement of like digging back into the basics? You know, cause obviously you've been in this business for what, you know, since the 1910 or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, well, I, I didn't say it was bad. I said it's, it's not as good as I would like it to be. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was good. I'm saying it was All good right, for okay. the record. Well, but from your perspective, it was like, now it needs work. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, oh, that's yeah. not right. Um, now I lost track of the question. <laughs> Utilizing basics, like coming back, like getting excited about movement, getting excited about the basics. Yep. You know, as opposed to it just being like, I'm doing this just for the work of it because it's going to get me to this point. But getting to that point, if you can get to that point where – I'm totally lost in the experience of this. Yeah. That's, you can build off that for your whole life. Yeah. hundred percent. You know? Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree that coming back to the basics, no matter what it is, is, is super important and, and getting less out of more, I'm getting more out of less Right. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything that you get more out of less of is from like, like gym time, exercise, movement well, time? Well, in terms of like movement mobility, if I do a ton of stuff, like, you know, there, there's some books that are 500 pages on mobility stuff. And I, I, if I do all that, I don't seem to get anywhere versus if I just focus on a couple things. Like what I was working with uh, our mutual friend, Dr. Mark Chang, for a mm-hmm. while. And we wouldn't do that many things because I believe in, in hiring coaches and specialists too. like every, everybody needs a coach. Like you should, if you're running your own business, you should hire a business coach at least one. I think like at least once a year for a, a, a 90 day block. So mm. And especially if you are a coach, if Alan Cosgrove has a great quote. He said, if you're a coach, but you don't hire coaches, then how can you sell your service? You don't really believe in it. So um, when I was working with Doc Chang, we wouldn't do a ton of stuff. And I would even ask him because I would be, I, you know, I was the student and I was, I was not putting any of my own influence or ideas. And I was like, you tell me whatever you want me to do. And I would even ask you, you sure I shouldn't do this? And he's like, no, don't do that. 
And I'd be like, well, okay. Well, what about this? He's like, don't fucking do it. I, like, that's it. Just do. And we would do so few things. But he was kind of like you, you were saying, like, like that Aikido thing. He was like, just master these few positions and you'll be fine. Yeah. And honestly, I, I can't remember how long we worked together where I, I would see Mark twice a week for, I'd say like six to nine months. And I felt incredible. Cool. I felt incredible, and I was doing less, but just working on like a few fundamental positions and things that he gave me. Yeah, that made such a difference. And before that, I was like doing a ton of different mobility drills and stretches and everything, and it wasn't making a huge difference. And I just did five things with Mark, and it was dramatically different. Yeah, that, the doing less thing I find really fascinating. Where, where sometimes I think this the reason that I'm so obsessed with this whole movement thing is movement. I think is is you know it's it's like a fractal or a metaphor for how you approach every other aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, we're getting into that, you know, the relationship. If you see a bouncy, mobile, youthful kind of moving person, they usually think quite similarly as well. Right. right? When you see a very stiff muscle bound, it's like, it's kind of like you got it. I was, I was in that place for a while and it was insecurity. You know, I had like daddy things and whatever. And so I packed on and I was into bodybuilding. It's just like, and I was yeah. just like stuck. Right. Right. And then I, the, the, what I see with that is I see that directly like one-to-one -one correlate with how they speak, how they communicate, how they, how they think, yeah. you know, is that something that there was a point? The point was when you started doing less from Dr. Marchang perspective, like just do less stuff, focus on that. All of a sudden everything started getting better. Did you feel that start to kind of seep into other parts of your life as well? I, I think when you're a professional at something or if you know too much about something, sometimes it becomes harder to do the essential stuff because like, right. you know, you could probably argue both sides of a million different concepts, fitness related. Right. Yeah. Um, and I can do the same thing. So it's easier for me to apply those concepts to the rest of my life than fitness. Because I know too much about it. And I'm like, mm, there is a benefit of that. But then I could argue the exact flip side of why it's the worst idea possible. You know what I mean? Sure. But with other concepts that I don't know as much about, I'm like, I'm just doing 80-20. I'll just do the one thing. Because I don't know enough about it to even examine <laughs> it. And I don't want to know, you know? Right. So I think that's why it's good. You know, honestly, I think most fitness professionals, myself included, would get better results if you outsource everything. Like, And I know a lot of guys who do that, who are great coaches. And they write amazing programs or diets or mobility programs. But they outsource all of it. Someone else writes their diet. Someone writes their training program. They go see someone else for movement and mobility. And I think that's smart. I, I, I haven't done that enough, but I know I would have gotten better results the last 10 years if I did. Yeah. What if you don't have the money to outsource these things? Yeah. I mean, that's an issue, too. Is there any – is there – I mean, like, that's the question. Like, is there something – what would you outsource? You know, if there's, like, if there is the one thing that, okay, I'm limited on this, I can't just are, – Are we talking, like, related to fitness stuff? Sure. Yeah organization of of what i'm doing to make to build my body slash mind i think again i'm i'm i think it's all the same shit yeah well for me i i i i think that the mobility especially as i get older that's why i hired mark so i mean i can you know diet stuff is is fine for me although again if i hired someone i would adhere to it even stricter just because of the accountability and i have skin in the game i'm paying them right paying you know uh Strength training, uh, I have a certain way I like to train. I'm, I'm an old school meathead. Uh, that's not an issue. But again, if I hired someone, but the one thing would definitely be mobility stuff. Hmm. Like, so if, if you told me what to do each week, that'd be way better than me trying to come up with it. Hmm. And I would, I would do it and because I wouldn't want to let you down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's the accountability. You're my favorite client. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about, um, I was reading before today, I was reading about Hans Selye. He's like the father of stress and such. Mm -hmm. He has the thing with the mice and running around the laboratory and all I that. You, I was hoping you were going to say Han Solo, but. Han Solo. Tell me about <laughs> Han Solo. You know, so, uh, but one of the fancy 50 cent uh, acronyms they came up with was uh, GAS, General Adaptation Syndrome. Mm -hmm. Right. And so essentially getting we get to the point, I think we kind of started getting at this potentially a little bit just pre-conversation, but kind of like burning ourselves out. Maybe we didn't get into this, but burning ourselves out 
and then you're 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 running on fumes mm -hmm. you know and it's that that point of like okay how can i how can i get more out of doing less mm -hmm. you know there's so many people i think where they're they're at that point you know the general adaptation syndrome thing is like that's like uh you end up having adrenal fatigue and you know all the things yeah but you get to a point where it's just you're stuck in this deleterious loop of hurting yourself essentially and the only thing that you know the only way that you know to come out of that is more push-ups or more thrusters or something mm -hmm. you know have you kind of found a nice balance with going more like yin softer like build back type world so i wouldn't say i found a balance no okay. <laughs> but definitely better a lot better than i used to be and even in the hour or so that i've known you I can tell that you're the kind of person I need to be around more. And like, there's a lot of people like my friend Mike that I need to be around more because I still definitely have the East coast hustle. And over the last, especially since living here on the West coast, it's slower in general. The weather's nicer. I have friends that aren't as aggressive, uh, don't have that East coast hustle as much. And I, I, I like to be around people like that. Like I, I feel the vibe that you have is totally. beneficial for me. Right. Uh, but like if I, I said, I mentioned other friends. Yeah. Uh, so dramatic difference from years ago. But I still tend to lean towards going too hard and burning myself out. So I have to be conscious about it. And I am. I catch myself. So years ago, living in Jersey, I would catch myself three months too late. Like I was shot. Now I'll catch myself where I'm getting, I'm like teetering on the brink. And I'm like, okay, I got to hang out with certain people. I got to meditate. I got to surf more. I got to take a break. I got to hike more. I'll notice when I'm losing it yeah. faster, uh, which is good. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's definitely a huge step and it's progress for me. And, you know, yeah. everybody's a work in progress. Yeah, that's that's a really cool point. Like looking looking at people as being medicine in a sense. Yeah. You know, like yeah. vitamin freaking, right. you know, whatever. Well, you know, it's so funny. <laughs> One of my friends hustles way harder than I do. And... Years ago, maybe he's a little bit younger, so maybe I was the same when I was his age. But now he comes to visit. Uh, he lives a flight away. He comes to visit quite often, probably every six to eight months. And he goes, because when I hang out with you, it chills me out. Hmm. And I'm like, wow, I never thought I'd be that person to someone else, you know? Why do you think that is? Um, I mean, like I said, I have evolved and, and made a lot of progress. So now I am a lot calmer and able to kind of balance and have that yin to yang. Uh, more so than I used to, where he he doesn't as much, so he's still he's still grinding. So he sees me as like you know the guy that chills him out, like me being around you would be right. good for me. You <laughs> it's know, the it's next just a tier of yeah, chillness. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you in that process of of chilling? Do you see any things? Because there is a distinctive. Like I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I'm familiar with you know New Jersey and all that. I spent you know went to Ocean City or like all the beaches. Okay, like that's yeah. where we spend time. Which is the main New Jersey beaches? I don't think Ocean. City's Maryland. Yeah. What's, what's uh, New Jersey? Let's go to Belmar, Point Pleasant, okay. Avalette. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember which ones, yeah. but we used to go out there. And, uh, you know, but yeah, there's a distinct difference between the East Coast vibe, you know, and you can tell we're talking from the West Coast because I just said the vibe. Right. Right. Versus, right. versus the West Coast. Yeah. You know, and it's, I think that's both sides can learn from each other. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not to say like Republicans are bad, Democrats are bad, whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, they both have value. It's just yeah. when you get too caught in one. You know, is, can you pick out any type of, of value, like tangible value that you've gotten from your five years? Is it five years, six seven. years? Seven years. Yeah. Okay, seven years out here. Is there any, like, you know what I'm saying? Is that even a question? No, 100%. It, um, the first, I think it was the first week we'd moved here, we were walking down Main Street in Santa Monica, and everybody would was just so much nicer than they were at home. And they were making eye contact and saying hi to you. And uh, we would get to this one place, and it was a... Uh, uh, New York sports bar, like to play Giants and Yankees game. Uh, the the guy out front was the only guy that had an attitude and didn't say hi to you. And Jen and I, my wife and I looked at each other and kind of laughed. Um, but yeah, just being around people, people are slower. Uh, in LA, ever everyone's always twenty minutes late to something. They don't stress <laughs> out or care. Which with the traffic, it's hard not to be. Like you'd have you to always have the traffic excuse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So so just being in that and 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 that vibe and. Uh, of course, physiologically, like if you're in the sun a lot more, you're going to just feel better and be happier. Like, you know, yeah. when, when you're spending six months and it's cloudy and cold, it's easy to be a little bummed out. And yeah. yeah. What did, what did Mark teach you? We, I just recorded with Mark. I haven't released it yet. I don't know when we'll release this, but 
potentially go back and listen to the Mark episode yeah. or look forward to the future. But what did you get out of that, the sessions with him? Uh, like what were we doing specifically? Yeah. You said he was focusing on just like limitation more, you know, of yeah, what we you're did. On. Um, well, sp specifically some of the stuff that we really f focus on was just a lot of half kneeling positions. We did a lot of like, uh, tie sits and like a whole numerous variations of those. Um, a lot of loaded carries, but like Mark is so deliberate and precise with everything where we wouldn't, you know, use a ton of load, right. but he would just want, you know, everything like joint stack and positioning, everything perfect. Um, and he would always change it based on like, you know, what I was doing or how I was looking, how I was feeling that day. Like he would come in and kind of just observe me foam rolling or doing ankle mobility. And he would say, oh, you know, what? we got to work on this today, work on that. So... And I, like I said, I just turned my brain off. I was like, dude, whatever you want, whatever you think. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. With your evolution with working with, with clients, is there – come? how long have you been working with clients? How long have you professionally been? 90, since 94. 94. All right. So uh, with that, what's been the evolution of your mindset with your perspective approach working with people? Is there any, like, if I could go back to 1994, like, is there anything like that, you know, that you'd be like, oh, wow, this would have saved me 20 years? Yeah. Um, making training safer, definitely. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't think about that as much as a kid. And so, I mean, that would come down to, obviously, pre-workout warm-ups, more mobility, more off-day recovery stuff. Um, and then even nowadays, the way I do, I, I would sequence exercises in not only a week, but, uh, a workout. Like back then I wouldn't have thought about the effect of doing, um, let's say overhead, or let's say bench pressing today and squatting tomorrow, mm. which is typical upper lower split. But then there's kind of issues with, you know, squatting tomorrow if your chest is tight and whatnot. And so there's a lot, a lot of things like that that I didn't know back then. I didn't think about it a lot. And then as you get older and those issues start to creep in, you're like, oh, this doesn't feel that good. And then you figure out why. Yeah. Um, and then even, for example, big lifts. Like it's it's traditional to do your bench squat dead, uh, whatever, at the beginning of a workout. Like in a traditional power building, power lifting kind of routine, people will go in they'll uh, do heavy sets of, the, of big barbell lifts first, but now I like to sequence them second or third or whatever and, and find that your body's a lot more prepared for them and you feel a lot better. Yeah. So they're safer that way. Um, over time, uh, I got into uh, Westside for a while, a, a long time actually. I learned a ton of stuff from Louis Simmons. Right. Now, he didn't use bands and chains, at least to my knowledge, for the safety factor, but that's why I, I, and I initially started using bands and chains all the time just because I was super into Westside. But then I figured out, wow, bands and chains deload the bottom position. So much safer. You feel so much better. Your recovery is better. Uh, you can still lift heavy without kind of smashing your joints as much. Um, we were talking about Mark Bell before. Like Mark has uh, the slingshot, which does the same thing. Love kind of the deloads slingshot. the bottom like, of the bench. Yeah. I, so Everybody, I refer to the slingshot. And it's yeah. like changed. You know, yes. it's changed my, I was using other bands before and okay. like time and, and knots and stuff. Uh-huh. There's something about I don't have any affiliation with it, mm -hmm. but anyway, sorry for interrupting. Yeah, just like no, just emphasis all, all on those that. ways of, of figuring out ways to make exercises safer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The big thing that I am becoming more privy to is the relationships is what allows you to build your anything, fill in the blank thing, mm -hmm. you know. And so you've been successful with developing your businesses in various different forms and working with clients and all that. Is there anything that you've learned about the relationship component, like how to be more effective working with people? Are, are you talking about one-on-one uh, -on -one or, or, or building like a network of, of people or both? Whichever comes to mind. Yeah. Just the, the value of relationships and even maybe you can spin it out into like how that's, you know, helped you. And there's like studies that show our connection with other people, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But just like that relationship component. It's something we don't talk about a lot because it's not so easy to put your hands on. Right. No, so I, well, I think that that is so important. I think relationships are the most important thing in life. And you know, that's what I want to spend my time and money on is, uh, you know, building relationships and experiences with, with people that I'm that I, am, I have close relationships with, it's such a passion of mine that uh, that's what I spoke about in in front of 1,200 people in San Diego recently. That's what the Los Angeles Dodgers brought me in to, to speak about. Hmm. So, I think that 
so I'm going to talk about a few different things. Like if you own a gym business, like if you own a CrossFit or you own a one-on-one personal training studio or you just train people at Gold's one-on-one, like you have to go out of your way. Yes, you have to know a ton about training and nutrition and all that. But I think you're once you have that covered, the main thing you need to do is figure out how to build and maintain successful relationships. Yeah. So read as many books as you can about that. If you're super shy and awkward and can't talk, to take improv classes, take public speaking classes, read books around about that kind of stuff. Make that your one thing. Like honestly, a lot of people, that should be their one thing. Just get better at being able to communicate and build successful relationships. Because people, it's just weird that people don't think about that a lot. Like mm-hmm. you'll be like, oh, I need to learn more about business. I need to learn more about training. I need to do this. I need to do that. But you don't think about that. You kind of take it for granted. And that can change your life more than anything else is like the ability to build and maintain great relationships. Like it changes your life. Yeah. And so a lot of people are just so focused on themselves and, you know, what's wrong with me and how can I do this and how can I do that? But if you focus on helping other people and making them feel good and making them smile, uh, it, it'll change your life. So I remember going to see Yakov Smirnov, the comedian. You know who he is? The Russian comedian. No, I got to check so it out. So he, he tells uh, – he's been around forever and he tells – Uh, A really funny story about growing up in Russia and, uh, you know, in poverty. And he talks about the first time he ever made his mom and dad laugh. And then he talks about uh, the first – he came here and he made people laugh for the first time. He's like, oh, that's crazy. And I see them smile. And it's a great story. And it's funny too. But he goes, that's what I want to do in life. Like that's all that makes me happy is making other people happy. And I was like, yeah, that's me too. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. So – and, and that's so important to think about other people more and how you can impact because that really makes you happy. Like we could all sit around and be like, I wish I could squat more. I wish I could make more money. I, I wish I could get more chicks, whatever it is. But if you just focus, like if you get up in the morning and focus on other people, it, your life gets better. Like everything about your life gets better and they don't care as much about some of those little trivial things anymore, you know? Yeah. So uh, I think you should read How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, there's a, a really good book called The Charisma Myth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of good never, books. Like never that. Read Alone. Never Eat Alone is a great book. Yeah. yeah, great book. And, and that's a great thing to do, too. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, he suggests having these kind of uh, meetups or parties or whatever where you – so say, Aaron, you and I were going to do it together. Like you'd invite five people you think are cool and interesting. I invite them, and they each invite one person, and we do it once a month or once every four months or something somewhere. And then people connect. Maybe multi-million dollar deals come out of it. Maybe just great friendships. Maybe people start working together. Whatever it may be, yeah. it's great. And then you help other people. And people always remember who connected them with somebody else. You know, like yeah. He talks a lot in that book about being a super connector, which I think is really good. It's a really good practice. Almost everyone I know who's really successful tries to connect other people all yep. the time. Yep. Whenever they meet someone, they're like, oh, you know what? You should meet Bill. He knows how to do that. I'm just going to shoot you an email. You guys don't have to – you know what I mean? Or just like, oh, you should hang out with – he's really into Pearl Jam too. Like you guys would hit it off. Yep. Just whatever. Like the more you can be connecting people and stuff like that, the better things are going to be for you. So it's it's just not something people talk about a lot, but I think it's yeah. the most important thing in life and business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy that it's not spoken of, especially in mediums like this. Yeah, you know, this is like where it's like the weights and the fitness, you know. And right. there's sometimes where I'll notice myself becoming so obsessed with trying to read every book around yeah. freaking movement, right. psychology, body mind integration, all these things. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm already dorky, you know. Like right. I'm, you know? <laughs> and so there's there are moments where I'll try to really make sure I infuse and never read alone or how to win in, friends and influence people or whatever. And I personally feel it really like balances things out a little bit because you can be this big, massive, overbearing bucket of information. Yeah. But if you don't know how to distribute that, it, it's useless. It it's matter. fairly useless. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. there anything else that you've you've learned as far as the distribution of it, like figuring out how to how to smooth out the signal of you know being able to communicate your bucket of information, bucket of value? Um, well. Most people need need stuff simplified. Yeah. You know, people don't remember facts. They remember stories or they'll remember if you made them laugh, like they'll remember humor. <laughs> so people who get up and or try to teach things or, or tell people numbers and statistics, it's not really going to have that big of an impact. But if you can figure out a way to, to uh, you know, share anecdotes and stories, definitely if you can make people laugh. I've always said from early on, if you work in any kind of one-on-one practice as a dentist or whatever it might be, you should – some of your homework should be to go home at night and watch stand-up comedy and have some joke books. Like it should be fun. Your business or whatever it is 
should be people's third place, like they talk about in the Starbucks experience. Like it should be fun to go see someone. And if you have a shitty personality and you can't make people laugh or crack a smile, then you're going to lose business. Even if you know more about dentistry or movement or taxidermy or whatever it is, right. people don't want to go there. You know what I mean? They're going to go to the nicer person. So it, it's not always who's the best. It's definitely not always who's the best. And that comes back to more of what we we're talking about, like the relationships. Like I, I just think creating that third place and making people laugh and that makes a huge difference yeah i don't know if if uh it's interesting so, so a big thing like from like an nlp perspective neurolinguistic program like horrendous name um but is being able to for one thing modeling people yeah. you know so if, so being able to effectively if someone has something that you value mm-hmm. if you can model that thing yeah. you can borrow it absolutely right so everyone's these little like hard drives and you can kind of pull you can put your mini disc into it yeah. i don't mean that in a in a vulgar kind of way but you can, <laughs> you can kind of pull information right you know is that something that have you modeled yeah no i i think that i'm glad you brought that up because i was forgetting that so what i would do and what i suggest to a lot of people to do is when you're not that person so like oh you know even if you're listening to me right now and, and just thinking that sounds like a good idea i need to work on some of that stuff yeah. but when you lo- leave the house tomorrow and you pull out of the garage or walk out the front door you're not automatically going to be that person so like what you're talking about is i would say to people and i used to do this envision yourself as that person like that you want to be and maybe it helps to visualize the rock or some rock star that you look up to or someone yeah like i'm gonna walk out and i'm gonna play that character i'm gonna be my best bobby de niro and i'm just gonna act throughout the day and at first it's super hard and weird and awkward and you're like oh that's not really me but it's like anything else. It's like squatting or whatever it might be. Eventually, it does become you. It becomes who you are. People will give up too soon. But if you do it every single day and you make small little goals of let me initiate a conversation with the checkout girl. Let me do some stuff like this that most people don't do because it stands out. It stands out more so in 2017 where everyone's like this at the checkout and like this, just scrolling through their phones or whatever they may be doing. That if, if I actually make eye contact with you and say, how was your day? It really stands out. And then that kind of stuff just snowballs. And, you know, I, I've said to guys who were, were insecure and socially awkward and whatnot, uh, if it helps more than envisioning yourself as the rock, vision, envision yourself as, as your buddy who's slightly better than you are. You know, it makes smaller right. sense. Like, he gets more laughs at a party or he's, it's easier for him to talk to people or to talk to girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just put yourself in, in that kind of role and um, – yeah, and, that, and that's why what you're talking about comes down to surrounding yourself with the right people, too. Because if you're always with people who are, you know, forcing you to level up, you will. Yeah. Wanted to take a brief moment and thank Sun Warrior for supporting this podcast. They are, in my opinion, the most delicious vegan protein that I've found. Um, they are raw, sprouted, and fermented for increased bioavailability and general deliciousness. Um, I hope you guys enjoy that stuff. Grab yourself 15% off on any purchase at sunwarrior.com and then throw in the align code at checkout and get yourself 15% off. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Here we go. Back to the show. Yeah. The other, I, I, I'm just like a bag of cliche nonsense, but that you become the average of the five of people. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's so true though. Yeah. It's, it is so true. Yeah. yeah, man. That's, um, I think I find it interesting. So like squats, for example, and, and the squat is the metaphor for whatever you want to create in your life. Um, but I find it interesting. The gains come very randomly. Mm. Right. So all of a sudden I'll be like one day that knee trouble that I've had or the ankle thing or the spine thing or whatever, I'll do the thing. Usually after I forgot about whatever, I, I just got back from Tahiti and I was drinking mojitos or whatever. And then I come back and like, oh, my legs feel pretty good. Right. It's like, oh, what? you know, it's like all of a sudden all of that work that you've invested, yeah. you know, the 10 years of to become an expert or whatever. And then yeah. the, the, the sudden success, yeah. you know, it's the, that one day that you feel like, oh, like. Oh, it just works now. Yeah. Right? Is that something that you've noticed all in your journey with things? Kind of like an abrupt, like, oh, it's working. Yeah. And and, and it it applies to everything, though, right? It's never like that linear path. Yeah. Because as you're saying that, I was just thinking about someone that I saw recently who was not that good in social situation, kind of awkward and and weird. And and we're like, all of a sudden, it's great now. (laughs) You know what I mean? But he's been working on it. We know he's... And it's so cool to see. Yeah. Like Jen and I, after we left the party, we're like, how awesome is that? That he's come so far and like that he's not, you know, 
shy and awkward anymore. He was great to talk to. Yeah. That, that's really cool to see. What's her face? Carol DeWick, the mindset, you know, the book yeah, yeah. Mindset? Yeah. Um, gets into, what is it, growth mindset? Yeah, fixed mindset. Fixed mindset, yeah. yeah. You know, I think that's that's a really big component, the feeling. And you're all you're you're just describing the growth mindset, essentially, like everything that right. you're saying. Is that belief is like, cool, sweet. You know, the, the analogy she uses in there is like, you were dealt a pair of tens and you, but you believe that you can be, you know, a quad of aces. Yeah. You know, or the other perspective is you were dealt a two seven. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's where it stops. I'm just right. a two seven. Right, right, right. You know, I wonder with working with yourself or working with people, is there anything that you found? I find the most impactful thing you can do to somebody is adjust their story. Right. So if you can take somebody and they have a shoulder thing, a back thing, or they have, you know, fill in the blank dealio. If you can adjust, I don't know why I said dealio. If you can adjust, <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what happened there, but if you could, if you could adjust, uh, their perspective on themselves, you know, it's like, no, you're not two seven. You're actually potentially, you know, pair eights, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can slowly walk them on that path, you know, that's, that's like the real value. That's what yeah. a coach I think is for. Yeah. But I think sometimes we get lost and the coach is like, show me how to do, you know, a deadlift. Right. And that's where it stops. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's, that's a YouTube, that's a YouTube coach. <laughs> right. Right. You know, is that yeah. something that you are conscious of in working with people? Yeah. Because it, well, you nailed it right there. That's a YouTube coach. Yeah. I mean, most people don't actually need the information. They just need the feedback, like yeah. you're saying there. Like that's the the actual art of coaching, like to just give someone a program, or whatever. Like I can tell intuitively that you're great at that. Thanks. I mean, you were you were kind enough to work on me when we got here, which was awesome, and I can tell in two seconds that you're great at that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no matter what it is, if, if you give someone any kind of plan for training, mobility, business, yeah, that's not really coaching. It, it's really the feedback and, and shaping them and changing their mindset and their belief system and all that. Yeah. Definitely. And then it's interesting. So I find in a professional way, it's really easy for, for me to be able to meet someone at their level, you know, and be able mm-hmm. to, to really, you know, whatever two seven comes in the door, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, cool, man, I'm right there with you. You yeah. know, like we can, you know, I'll change my positioning a little bit and, you know, whatever, change my language and, and just right. really like, okay, here we are. Yeah. And then I find outside of a professional environment, I can have judgment. You know, so all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're not paying me. Now I have these little stories in my head of like, who the fuck is that guy? Why is it? What yeah. he, he needs to work with? Can he? Another donut? Another donut? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, is that? Um, how do you feel about that? Is that something? Do you? And then, then judging ourselves. I think that was the reason. That was where I wanted to get from originally. Sometimes as a coach, you're able to help other people, but then helping yourself ends up you, we still have those like daggers we kind of yeah, yeah. pierce ourselves with no 100 percent. That, that's why i think it, like like i said before it, it's so important to have other people other coaches invest in that yeah i mean i'm lucky enough to know experts in pretty much anything that i would have a question about mm. but again because they're friends and i'm not paying for it often there's not enough value in it so that's why i, I continually go back to you should pay at some point for coaching mm in different realms. I, I think there's a ton of value to that. Yeah. Uh, no matter, no matter what it may be or trade pay yeah. energetically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, whatever the, the yeah. I'm yeah. working for this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that. And, and the thing is too, like, you know, all, a lot of times there's in life, people will do things for free because they want to. And, and that's great. And then there's not a problem with that. But as the coach or the practitioner, whatever you may do, if you're doing someone taxes for free or their teeth for free, whatever, did you say it, teeth? Yeah, if you're a dentist, I oh, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> your teeth for free, whatever it may be. Like, you know, Let me do your teeth. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> if the person's going home and eating uh, candy all day, like then you shouldn't continue to do that. You yeah, know right. what I mean? Like you're not helping them in any way. So they they have to be. It's one thing to be appreciative, but then if you're just pissing it all away. Yeah. Like if if you're giving me a diet or you gave me a training program and I just go sit on the couch and smoke cigars and drink whiskey until I come and see you next week. Then you should kick me out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what about so uh, someone that wants? Where do you find the balance between coming from a, again a physical perspective? The balance between movement complexity and fluidity and grace and like being able to move well through the world mm-hmm. and glamour muscles and like okay, I need to look sexy in mm-hmm. three months. Mm-hmm. 
Do you see a, a meeting point with that? Is it the same thing? Is it different? Uh, it's a little different because, like, if someone comes to you and says, I need to gain 20 pounds for the next uh, Spider-Man or whatever it is. Right. And uh, packing on 20 pounds as fast as humanly possible, doing it drug-free is still not that healthy. Like, mm. it's it's not... Weighing 20, in general, weighing 20 pounds above what you would normally weigh, even though I probably, in my life, I've weighed 80 pounds more than I should normally weigh. And now, now I probably weigh, I'd say, 30, 40 pounds more than I would weigh naturally because my genetics and my everyone in my family's tiny. Right. That's not healthy. Like, just walking around, your ankles, your knees, your hips, your low back has to handle that forever. You're like a rhinoceros. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> not right, you, right. but the person that has more. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I've chosen to walk around, you know, carrying that extra 30 or 40 pounds because okay. I like how it feels and looks, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's the honest truth. Okay. Um, so... You definitely compromise some of your health, your mobility, your fluidity, all that stuff. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's not – you can't bring up everything at once. You can't improve everything at once. And if there's, you know, a $10 million rolling line, you have to gain 20 pounds, you're going to gain 20 pounds. And you're not going to feel that great at the end of it. You're going to feel better 20 pounds ago at the start. Right. Uh, but you can do a lot of things. Obviously, you can train smarter during that. Like you know, like I was saying before, make sure that you include a ton of mobility in it. That you're uh, doing exercises that are full range of motion. You do stuff on off days. Um, you need to be smart about it. If you just go in, you're doing hammer strength and you're not doing any mobility. You could probably still gain 20 pounds doing nothing but hammer strength and progressive overload and eating a shit ton right. for for uh, four to six months. But you're not going to feel good. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't think you're going to maximize it. You know, you're not going to be moving around like Bruce Lee, but it's um, you can definitely maintain it or increase it, improve it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Uh, I'm asking because recently there's a, a guy who has a similar story where they, they have like a roll coming up thing and they approach me around, um, okay, I need to, I want to look like Hugh Jackman from Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> like four, like four months or whatever, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we can for sure do that, but like, I don't know that you will maybe appreciate my approach right at first, mm. you know, because I see things like swimming in the cold ocean as being really important, mm. you know, I see things as, you know, working on balance and you know, working on calisthenics and all yeah. these things that maybe it's not going to be the traditional like bicep curls, tricep extension, right. and just like feel the pump, right, right, you know, so. What's your approach? Uh, so I'm approaching you. I'm going to be Spider-Man in four months, and I'm, you know, whatever. I, I don't look like Hugh Jackman. Like, where do we where do we start? What's ground zero? Have you trained ever before? I you? have. Um, I train. I train, but my movement's kind of chunky, blocky. Uh -huh. I haven't really figured out like how to like be Wolverine in my body, but I'm I'm exercising. My body fat's you know ten, eleven percent. Okay. And, so you still uh, have a history of strength training? I have a history of training superficially, not so much strength. I'm not, and the reason that I'm not so strong is because my parts aren't put together. The sequencing isn't as good because I've been blocking out these more simple motions. Mm -hmm. That's my story. Okay. Um, generally, I would tend to do a, a four day per week upper lower body workout. So two upper body, two lower body days, one slightly heavier, one slightly higher rep. Um, I would do a lot of body weight and dumbbell stuff for the actual strength training, more so than barbells, definitely no machines. Um, why not? Just because that, like we said, that's going to like machines are fine for getting jacked, mm. but you're going to decrease. Like you will become like that kind of Frankenstein kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's, lumbering around. there's value to, to getting you know swole or whatever yeah. but then there's also value to the way that you carry yourself yeah and that's something you don't read in men's fitness right right it's just this will get you jacked yeah and that's our main it's like being educated on how to have sex with porn yeah right you know like that's your main thrust of education but then when you get in the room with a person that moves like shit mm -hmm. but they're jacked it's like oh that's not as impressive as i thought it was going to be yeah well you know what's funny <laughs> is that if you walk into Gold's Venice, oh man, nobody looks athletic. Like, dude. I'm like, dude, if, a, if if someone was coming at that guy in a wheelchair, like he's gonna <laughs> run him. I don't think he could get out of the way. Like, they can't move. That's not a good look. That's awful. Yeah. So I would say, yeah. I mean, 
uh, we're still going to be doing stuff to get you jacked, but it's going to be a lot of body weight stuff, a mm. ton of body weight, you know, with resistance where, where needed. Um, but I would much rather have people do uh, push-ups on rings, inverted rows on rings, than, uh, you know, a, a machine or something like that. Yeah. And I think you can get just as jacked with body weight and dumbbells without any machines or bars. So I, I don't think that's an issue. The only place I would argue is some people, depending on your build, and I would even argue that that's the minority. Leg hypertrophy might be better with, with back squats or front squats, but I could even argue that. Uh, if you need huge traps, that's the only thing that's hard without uh, a bar. Hmm. I, I, I think deadlifts and Olympic lift variations are going to get your traps better than uh, any, you know, just body weight and dumbbells. What do you stuff. think of farm, farmers? Farmer carry. Oh, I was going to say, farmers yeah. walks are a close second. And... Uh, Again, if someone comes to you and they don't have a, a training history and they're, they're not moving that well, I don't want them to really be doing deadlifts and, and cleans and snatches anyway. So that's going to be the go-to movement is farmer's walks usually. Mm. I moved away from training athletes. Uh, the main uh, My main clientele was athletes for a long time. And I moved away from most barbell work with athletes – uh, a long time ago, unless they were getting tested. So football players would always have to bench and squat and clean because 99.9% of the time they were getting tested. Mm. But uh, I just found that not having them beat up, uh, having them ready every day. Like, so, so nowadays, I think readiness is important. So if, even if you're not an athlete, I like train everyone to the point where if you say, okay, tomorrow someone calls me to play tennis or to go surfing or I have mm. MMA or something like that, you should always be ready. Whereas if you deadlift heavy, and anyone who knows, like Mark Bell just said this yesterday. Mark Bell's deadlifted a ton of weight. He's like, if you deadlift heavy, everything is compromised for four to five days. You feel like shit for four to five days. And I was like, that's what is that? Like, unless you're powerlifting or something, why is that worth it, really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like so, so tomorrow, I can't do anything. Like, if you call me to play any pickup sport, <laughs> I can't do it yeah. until next week. It's kind of silly. So... I, I just think building movement in uh, some of the stuff I picked up from Mark, even like in between sets, like if you're doing ring chin ups in between sets, maybe we'll be working on hip mobility, stuff like that. You know, building all that kind of stuff into the workouts really important. Yeah. Uh, I had a, a conversation with a friend of mine, former athlete, and now he's getting closer to 40 and he was he was banging himself up, still doing kind of heavy stuff for a while. And I said, dude, how would uh, and, and he trains people, too. So I said, how would you train Kobe, Derek Jeter, Peyton Manning during the last year or two of their career? Yeah. Not with any of this stuff, right? And he's like, no, that's a great point. He's like, yeah, I was like, well, you're their age and you still want to be athletic like you used to be. So how would you train? And he's like, yeah, I, I wouldn't do any of that stuff. It would be a lot more body weight, dumbbell, kettlebell, mobility, you know, full range of motion. Yeah. Not, uh, you know, minimizing spinal compression, joint degradation, stuff like that is really important, I think. Yeah, it's the it's the opportunity cost. Right. Right. You yeah. know, so if I go to this wedding, I'm going to miss out on this conference or, yeah. hang, you know, seeing my buddy have his baby or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, OK, I'm choosing the wedding. Yeah. You know, I'm choosing the hypertrophy training thing yeah. where I'm going to move like shit for the next four days. Yeah. You know, and that's the big thing that I notice, you know, in like you know, we're so we're talking in a CrossFit gym right now. I think, you know, I have a lot of respect for things that CrossFit have done. I also have a lot of questions for it, you know, yeah. and that's my main question, you know, is is it worth sacrificing the next two, three, you know, depending upon the, the doms, the delayed onset muscle yeah. soreness, whatever, you know, depending on the situation. Fatigue. Yeah, right. Yeah. All, 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 the, all the things, you know, and it's like, is it worth that practice that I could have had dance and tango, you know, and not right. having a stick in my ass as I do it. It's like, sorry, babe, like <laughs> squats four days ago. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like, right. no sex tonight. Right. You know, and so it's it's that yeah. dance between there that I find really interesting. And that's, yeah. I mean, again, that's metaphoric for everything. It's finding that middle point of like, yeah. I want to be kind of swall because yeah. it makes me feel better well, about dude, myself. here's what's funny. <laughs> like, well, back in my West Side days when I was really squatting and deadlifting heavy, Tuesday night was, was max effort lower body day. I literally could not have sex Tuesday and Wednesday <laughs> because my back was so shot that if I was thrusting too hard, I was like, no, I'm done. My back's destroyed. You don't want that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what about uh, nutritionally speaking? And I wanted to 
as far as repetitions, you mentioned higher reps. Did you say higher reps one day and lower reps another day? So looking, thinking like more hypertrophy one day, more power yeah. strength training another day. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why? Why is higher reps something that's going to uh, induce swellness? Does that make uh, sense? Yeah. Higher reps equaling more hypertrophy training. What I'm just, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, what's I mean, the balance with that for people? Well, I mean, if, if you want to get into the science of hypertrophy, there, I mean, there's plenty of studies that show, you know, sets of 8 to 12. Or okay. I don't really believe in time under tension that much, but total volume over the course of, of a week, um, I, I, th- I think there's benefit to that. Uh, I know some people like – so if it's shown that, let's say, uh, 40 to 60 total reps through a num- uh, number of studies is ideal for hypertrophy – in a given workout, some people would rather do 10 sets of six than six sets of 10 more lower reps. Mm. The theory being that there's less uh, systemic fatigue, less glycogen depletion. And I get all that, but over time, uh, I just think it's more time efficient and it's, it's better on your joints and just has a better overall effect. You know, in the higher rep thing, like it's, it's kind of counterculture and cool to say, you know, do 10 sets of three instead of three sets of 10 because three sets of 10 is what they did in 1980s with Flex Wheeler. But it's there's still it still works like there's a reason bodybuilders train in a certain rep range. Yeah. And like I said, I want to minimize joint stress. Now, if you're weak, it doesn't matter. So a guy who comes in is brand new. Maybe he's he's training to be Spider-Man. Uh, I tend to have beginners do lower reps more. Because the, the risk of injury is lower, especially if they're doing something complex. The more complex, the, the lower I'm going to have the reps. Because, you know, like you don't have you don't know how to do the exercise. Um, a stabilizer is going to fail before a prime mover. You're not going to be able to brace as tight. Like, um, if you do, for example, talking about Mark Chang and like Pavel, the, the way they teach tightness and tension is mm-hmm. is something that I, I believe in. Now, if if you do that from more than five to six reps, that's really hard to do. You lose it. On a risky exercise, you should do that. On a push-up, it doesn't matter, but I still think you should do it. Like, you're not going to get hurt doing a push-up with sloppy before, but it's probably not. You won't get hurt right then, perhaps, exactly, but yeah. you're setting the stage yeah. for the future. Yeah, so it's not that effective. Most people walk in the streets that say they can do 25 push-ups. If you teach them how to do it right that way, they can probably do four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget where I was How about that. nutritionally? Is there anything that you would look at as far as... You know, say I'm like this pescatarian, whatever. Like I, I eat, I eat all right. You know, I don't eat any kind of like chemical, whatever nonsense. Like, is there anything specifically that you would say, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, four months? Like, this is the direction: protein in the morning, thirty grams. Like, what's anything like that? Uh, yeah, I would say, well, you got to stay lean, obviously. So. I don't like a huge caloric surplus because I think most people are just going to get fat unless you have amazing genetics. So a, a slight caloric surplus. Um, I'm not – I still think um, performance and physique nutrition hasn't trained, changed tremendously since the 80s. A lot of people got into the paleo and high-fat thing. But uh, I don't find great success with that for physique transformation. Some people, yeah. Uh, and there, you know, one thing I should mention is I, I think there's three different ways of looking at nutrition you can eat for health and longevity, and that's different from eating for performance and that's different from eating for physique transformation. So what I mean by that is if you're eating just for health and longevity, I would tell you, honestly, probably have like one small serving of animal protein a day. Yeah. And caloric restriction is what they say. Caloric restriction like a vegan base with a side of meat or fish at dinner, yeah. maybe not, not even meat, maybe just fish. Uh, like a blue zone type of diet. Yeah. That's what I would tell you. There's one in California, a blue zone. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, do you remember the title? I don't remember, I don't remember yeah, the data. Yeah. <laughs> um, and your, 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 your fat intake would be higher than what would be ideal for uh, uh, body composition. Now, if you're eating for performance, let's say you're uh, Marshawn Lynch or somebody, you can carry a little bit more body fat, and it's going to benefit you. James Harrison, for example. He's jacked, but he's not shredded, and he should be right around where he is now if he was a speed position player if he's a you know d-back or something he should be leaner um but but generally carrying more body fat uh depending on the position if you're baseball player whatever uh you're not a physique competitor so we can we can play with that a little bit but if you're just trying to look really good for spider-man that's different from those so there's three different ways of approaching it right so for that i tend to lean towards i've tried the high fat diet and paleo stuff but for faster transformation, I like lower fat diets. 
um, moderate protein and, and carbs because mm. your carbs, in my opinion, carbs get you jacked more than protein does. I think protein that that's a, like overhyped, like this protein water and protein gum and protein cake. Yeah. Uh, if it was just that easy, everybody would be jacked because you go to the store and you spend seventy bucks a week on protein powder and. You drink all those shakes and nothing happens except you just fart more and your digestion <laughs> is terrible, you know? Fart a lot more. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just protein. Uh, it's obviously a lot of things, but nutritionally, I would say carbs are more important. Your your workouts will be better. Your recovery is better. And you will gain size faster yeah. with more carbs. No doubt about it. Hmm. So, But 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 to expand on it a little bit more, uh, it would be super clean. No, I, I would eliminate a lot of inflammatory foods, sugar. I mean, if you have a limited time, like we got to go all out. We got to do everything right. What's inflammatory? Uh, Not see, everything, but like, is there anything that's like? You know, people could argue that too. So, I, I ideally, and and I would think this would be the case. If someone's going for a superhero role, they're going to spend a lot of money and do so. I would, I would do some nutritional testing. You know, see what people are uh, intolerant to, ha- have any reactions to. Um, but 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 generally, I mean, some people could be have a reaction to gluten, to dairy, sugar, processed foods, trans fats. Most of those I'm going to eliminate anyway. If we only have a, sh- a short amount of time, their carbs right. are going to be sweet potatoes and white rice generally. Right. Uh, fruits, veggies, and then protein. Uh, I would go probably like 0.8 grams per pound. Have you worked with uh, bodybuilders much at all, or not so uh, much? Not really anyone who's competed that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing talking with bodybuilders. I need to get, um, what's his name? Shane Dorian is a, is a, that's his name, right? I'm not Shane, sure. Dorian Yates. Oh, Dorian Yates. Shane yeah. Dorian, I think he's like a motocross rider okay. or something. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, I'd like to get like a, like a, because they're just so good with fluctuating mm. their body type, you know, and it's just like in a matter of like one month. And then when you, but when you talk to them and this is where it gets really interesting, when you talk to them, they're like, dude, I'm running on caffeine pills. Yeah. I feel horrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but when you look at them, it's like, whoa, dude, right. that's like the Mecca of health. Yeah. You know, or like, you know, kidney yeah, failure. Not, yeah, exactly. It's one or the other. Not healthy at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we're kind of running out of time. What's, uh, is there anything, anything coming up? Any like, like final kind of words or anything like that that you'd like to throw in? We can get to like where do people find you and all that stuff. But um, that's pretty abrupt. Apologize for that. No, no worries. Yeah. You mean anything I'm working on or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what's, what should people be looking for? Um, just enjoying the podcast, growing the podcast, getting more, uh, as you know, it's just fun to have interesting conversations with interesting people. Yeah. And so I'm working on that and, um, we're coming out with some, some, some new programs and, and, uh, app and stuff like that, which is exciting. And then, uh, that's about it really. I, I've been messing around with, with stand up now recently and I've, I've been doing improv for a while and I'm back, uh, I've been doing some <laughs> cool, shows, dude. so that excites me. Huh? Yeah. What's stand up like? What's uh, the hardest thing I've ever tried. Wow. Yeah. And so I, I, I got into stand up after doing improv for a year and, uh, I'd been doing pretty well in improv and was pretty impressed with myself. Huh. So I thought I'd be, I don't know why delusionally I thought I'd be good at stand up when in reality you hear every stand up comedian says, Oh dude, we bombed for the first two years. But I was in a class with other guys who are ranked beginners like me. And I was like, oh, I got this. I'll, I'll be better than everyone. I'm, terrible just as bad as everybody Whoa. yeah so it's a struggle so what's uh how's that for your ego how's that for oh, it's your... fine it doesn't it didn't affect like i was like you go in with a beginner mindset yeah and i got up i thought i was gonna be good and halfway through the first time <laughs> we had to do three minutes set i was like this is terrible but i didn't get stressed out like i wasn't sweating or stressing out i was just like i don't know i just gotta put some real work in if i'm ever gonna get good at this good for you man yeah. that's like the probably one of the best remedies for alzheimer's or dementia or yeah. anything like that i think that and again human connection and then inflammatory foods and all that stuff yeah. um is there any kind of specific practice that you do with the stand-up like what's do you talk to a dog talk to a mirror like what's how do you how do you do that no it, uh i find it really hard to practice any type of public speaking i'm not sure why i just am better when i get in front of an audience huh. Yeah, I don't know. That's something I've had to... I've talked to a lot of my friends who are good public speakers. And I'm like, oh, man, how do you... And they have a whole... I, I just struggle with it. I, I, go, I just want to get on stage. Let me just try it. So I feel like reps would be better. Like, if I, if I really wanted to do stand-up, I would just go to Sunset five nights a week and go to the open mic nights. And that's the only way. Hmm. 
Because you got to gauge the reaction from the audience too, you know. Yeah. Like if I just said it in this empty room, how do I know if anyone's laughing or not? You know. When's your next thing? Can I come? Uh, no, you can't come. Ah. <laughs> Bring my camcorder. Yeah. yeah. All right. You go gotta w- wait until I figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you mention how people find you? What's the What's the podcast? What's the uh, uh, podcast? Renegaderadiopodcast.com. And my website is my name, jasonferugia.com, but that's really hard to spell and remember, so Renegade Fitness would redirect you there, renegadefitness.com. Two R's, two G's. Yes. Yes, I, I learned that. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're over over and out. Thanks, brother. I think that's, that's a wrap. Align Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you Ample Meal for supporting this podcast. Ample Meal is a bottle of deliciousness. It's a comprehensive full meal designed to provide quality fuel when you don't have time to sit down and make a sandwich or whatever you're into. Uh, Really good stuff. Just throw some water in there, and it's got fats from macadamia, coconut, chia seed. It's got wheatgrass, barley grass, chlorella, various types of fiber, probiotics. Really good stuff. Get yourself 15% off using the Align code at AmpleMeal.com and uh, A-L-I-G-N is the code, 15% off on that purchase. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. If you want to support what we are doing and you are digging it, um, one thing you can do is you can jump onto aligntherapy.com and grab yourself an Align band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band and a door anchor and um, comes with an instructional video guide and break down decompression of those joints, self-care stuff, exercise stuff. It's great. Um, Some free things that you guys can do, one of which would be, as we mentioned, utilizing the Amazon affiliate link top hand right hand corner of the podcast page and uh just bookmark that thing anytime you purchase crap on amazon we get about six or seven percent of that costs you nothing and um also you could jump on to audibletrial.com slash align and get yourself a free audible audio book and a free month subscription costs you absolutely nothing and kicks us down some some scratch um thank you guys so much really appreciate your support and uh thanks for sharing thanks for tuning in wouldn't be possible without you and look forward to seeing you next week